This is the Horse Radio Network. Well, welcome everybody to our Facebook Live tonight, our coronavirus update for the horse world. We are here 5 p.m. every weeknight here on the Horses in the Morning page. Uh, tomorrow, we speak with world champion Marsha Hartford Sapp about the Mustangs and how the pandemic is uh, affecting the horse industry. And we'll be joined by a friend of mine who has an interesting take on the corona numbers beyond what the mainstream press is saying. Plus, also, don't forget, I am now a concert promoter. Tomorrow night, the Horse Radio Network is going to be doing its first concert for the horse world at 8 p.m. Eastern with the amazing cowgirl Templeton Thompson and Sam Gay. Everybody knows Templeton. You all know her music. You all have all heard Girls and Horses. That video went super viral. And be sure to join us. Don't miss that. You can take a break from all of this mess for a couple of hours tomorrow night here at the Horses in the Morning page and on a lot of other pages around the internet are going to be covering that concert. If you can't watch the whole live stream right now, catch it on your podcast players tonight on the Horses in the Morning podcast feed. Also, the disclaimer I have to put out there every single time we do this is uh, we are not medical professionals and we are not offering advice in any way on what you should or should not do where the health of you or your horses are concerned. So tonight I am so honored to have with me uh, the CEO of U.S. Equestrian, Bill Maroney, and HR Director, Kelly Bolton. Hi, guys. Welcome. Thank you for joining me. Hello. So, uh, fun times over there at the office? Uh, you guys having a good time? <laughs> we actually are. <laughs> it's, the, the, uh, the things going on in the, in the world are not fun, but we're trying to stay optimistic and, um, and get through this as a team. I got to ask you, Bill, Was when you took office, how long ago was that now? Uh, it was just about maybe four years. Four years. In the handbook they got gave you as CEO of U.S. Equestrian, was worldwide pandemic one of the considerations? No, there is not a chapter okay. in the handbook. <laughs> I'm not sure there isn't any ones. <laughs> Will there be now? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Well, we ha we have a lot to talk about tonight, and I sure you both are at the office. Are you uh, separated? Are do, is there social distancing going on there? Yes, there's a wall between us, and, okay, good, and good. twenty feet between the doors of our office. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Well, we're going to start with Kelly. Um, it, first of all, how are all the employees doing? Are some working there? Are most at home? What's the story? Hi, Glenn. Well, thanks so much for having us on the show, first of all. Um, you know, our employees are, are well. We really strive, um, put forth our best effort to support our employees and our members. So for now, it's a tough time for everybody, but people are doing well. 95% or more are telecommuting, working from home. Um, and then, you know, we come in the office intermittently. Uh, that's good. I'm glad to hear that, actually. Uh, it must be kind of quiet around the Kentucky Horse Park right now. Yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to mention, too, if you are listening, we you can comment on this, and we actually see the comments, so you can put your name down there. Where you're from, that would be great. If you could put what state you're from, we would love to know where you're listening from or what country, for that matter. We have listeners in 90 countries for the Horse Radio Network, so I'm sure we're going to get some of them popping in, too. So let's, let's start... Um, Let's start with the topics that will affect your members the most and that 
will really provide some value to them. Uh, let's start with, there's a mental health helpline. And I didn't know you guys had that to an email went out. Tell us a little bit about what that is and what people can do with it. Well, um, so our members at all levels have the supported no cost. Um, so that would include our free fan members, our paid fan members, our competing members, any members can access that. So it's a 1-800 number. We have it posted on our site. Um, and members can call in for any number of reasons for support, um, mental health support, obviously. But there's some other things, financial support and those types of things. So anytime that they feel they need assistance, they can call in. There's no cost to them. They don't have to call us first. They can call directly and get the support they need immediately. That's neat. I didn't even know you guys did that. It's kind of nice yeah. to know that it's there because it's we all need yeah, we all need some of that right now. <laughs> this is one time where the entire world's having mental health issues. All of us. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Now, the other thing that you guys offer that I, I know has been clamored for for years, and you have it now, uh, mm -hmm. is insurance. And uh, tell us about that. And then I want to know, can people apply for it now and still get it, even though this is all going on? Yeah, so the quick answer to that is yes. But to tell you a little bit about it, we just really felt that our members deserved peace of mind that comes with having affordable and easy to understand insurance benefits. It's especially important now in the times we're going through. Um, but our paid fan members and our paid competing members can now sign up for a full range of benefits. Um, and that's everything from individual health plans, group health plans, dental, vision. There's all sorts of supplementary benefits. Telemedicine is included for free with our individual health plans. So those types of support are very important right now. But it brings an opportunity for affordable health care to our diverse membership. And that includes people who are self-employed or may not have any um, benefits available to them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, right now, an example, this is the Teladoc service, standalone service, is $8.95 a month. And that gives everybody 24-7 access to a physician. Um, anytime. So you can see $8.95 a month. That's less than, you know, going for a lunch out or something like that. So um, it just makes that's less than a roll of toilet paper. right? Yeah. <laughs> Valid point. But we've also made the, the benefits easy to access. So members can go right to our website. Um, if they want to become a paid member, they can easily click a button. The insurance is all available for them to look at. Some of the programs, they can even enroll online. And then we also have a dedicated member benefit hotline service. So they can call a 1-800 number and have a professional right there on the phone with them to help them through understanding how to enroll with the benefits and addressing any questions and concerns they may have. So uh, if they're without insurance right now, which a lot of people are, I mean, right. and a lot of people have just lost insurance. You know, they're yeah. coming off of it's insurance. It's a really tough time. Mm -hmm. So where, what do they do? Where do they go? to make it easy for them to find it and do it. Okay, uscf.org, our website. There is a banner right on the top of the website that you can easily click, become a member. There's a big button there that talks about health insurance benefits. Click that. That's all they need to do. It will give them all the information they need at their fingertips. It gives them the 1-800 number to call if they don't want to walk through it online. And they'll have all the information they need to complete it right away. And I... And I how long will it take, do you think, to get it? How long does it usually take? Do you know? 
Okay, well, if you're doing it online, those are going to be the uh, supplementary benefits like dental, vision, those things. It's less than five minutes. It's very quick. If they're calling in, they're going to have a very quick response to an insurance agent on the phone with them. Um, some of the insurance plans have effective dates the first of the following month. So some of them, you know, if you're enrolling today, it's going to be effective April 1st or the individual health plans, they're enrolling today and those are effective May 1st. Got it. I think that's terrific. And a lot of people are going to be looking for it right now. And even if you just did the teledoc thing, that's a no brainer. Absolutely. I mean, that that is so accessible for anybody. If you've, you're out in the barn, wherever you are, you're on your horse. You know, you get your phone out. If you're not feeling well, you call, you get a doctor on the phone with you. I just think that's a valuable benefit. And right now, in a lot of places, you need the teledoc permission to go get tested for the virus. So Mm -hmm. this is, an you know, for less than 10 bucks a month, you have the security to at least know you can get permission to go get tested. Absolutely. And again, with the individual health plans, telemedicine's included for free. Good. Very good. All right. Maybe this is a question for Bill, and that is uh, right now I noticed uh, some of the federations are doing some relief efforts for workers, for workers of the show or, you know, not for necessarily professional riders, but the people who operate shows who are out of jobs and don't know when they're going to be going back right now. Uh, Is the USEF looking at anything there? So actually, uh, Kelly can explain to you, we have an emergency relief plan associated around these benefits that she can tell you a little bit about um, that actually just went up on the website and there'll be a release going out to people tomorrow. Okay. Right. So to add a little bit to what Bill was saying, you know, we decided that, yes, these benefits are fantastic. Now is the time people need them, but we want to make them more accessible and more affordable and do what we can to help support so what we've done is created a um, 60 day time frame where we're reducing the cost of the membership down to $20. So when a person goes to our website, usef.org, there is a banner there for coronavirus relief effort. And all they need to do is click that link and it will give them the promo code that they need to be able to log in, enroll in, as a member in our benefits uh, for the lower reduced price. Okay, good. And that's a uh, paid fan membership. Uh, $20 instead of 25 and that gives them access to all those benefits. Okay, good. All right. Uh, I think now we have to go on to some the tougher questions. All right. <laughs> so, so Bill Olympics, I saw your email just came out right before we got on here. Uh, right. You got notified a couple hours ago that it was official. a few hours ago. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Postponement so to 2021. What's the scoop? What do you know? And so, you know, right now, what we know from the, the IOC and the organizing committee is it will be in 2021. We don't know the dates yet, though. We know that it's got to be at the at the latest. It, uh, it can't go past late summer of 2021, uh, they've said. So in the in the process leading up to this, we had three scenarios. Um, cancellation, which could have occurred, postponement to 21 or postponement to later this year. So we've actually been creating models around uh, the basics of all three situations as to what would occur. So now that we have a focus on one model, we can move forward with all of the planning that goes into it. And and there is a lot to do. You know, it's, it's not as simple as just moving selection uh, <clears throat> timelines and, and changing selection procedures and qualification, but it's making sure that we have a robust calendar for athletes and their horses to develop continue to train and be ready for the selection processes. Um, it's 
everything from travel uh, for people, horse transportation, hotels. We've got a considerable amount of money invested in uh, hotel rooms in Japan, and we're hoping that those are transferable to 2021, et cetera. So we've got a, a lot of work ahead of us, uh, but everyone's committed on our team to getting that done and making this the most efficient, easy possible uh, process for our athletes and the owners and sponsors, et cetera, for, for our teams. And there's a lot of things to take into consideration that we don't have answers for right now. We don't know when shows are going to start. I mean, you you, right. you you can't know when qualifiers are going to start. I assume we're starting over with qualifiers. That whole clock would start again or? You know, we don't know yet. Okay. That's unfortunately, I can't answer that for you today until we look into it and see, you know, we've gone a little ways, but we haven't gone the whole way. Some of the events for uh, some uh, disciplines like eventing were canceled. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, we're just going to have to kind of, uh, rethink it, reorganize, and then come out with the plan going forward. I know a lot of the, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of shows now into June and even some into early July that are canceling. I, and, you know, Lord knows we could be at this for months and everything will be canceled. We don't know. Or we could be back right. in business by the end of April. We don't, we have no idea. How do yeah. you plan? So as a, as a CEO, how do you plan when you don't know? You stay as nimble and flexible as possible. So we've put in place several um, mechanisms that will help us be able to do that. Our president, Murray Kessler, approved uh, uh, presidential modification, which is a mechanism to amend rules as needed, of course, using good judgment uh, and being responsible about it to accommodate the changes we might need to make in the competition calendar, uh, selection procedures, et cetera, so that uh, we can be nimble. So once we have an organized path forward, uh, we can enact those uh, <clears throat> the components of that path quickly and get everybody back on track. That is a heck of a spreadsheet you have going on there right now. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that leads to the next, the next question is, are you planning any step-up competitions when it comes? Let's say we're off for three months. Are there going to be step-up competitions before we get to big ones again? Or how's that going to work? Well, I think that people are eager. From what we hear from, from both competitors and from organizers, they just want us to uh, tell them when it's time to go, you know, and, and when the floodgates open. I think you will see competitions that that uh, occur after whatever the date is where we say it's a green light, let's get going again. You'll see them jump right in and go. But I also think that we need to be looking at what opportunities we can create in addition to that that can bring people back into the sport in a gradual way. Not everybody will um, maybe be ready to go out to larger events so that we'll need to make sure we have a robust calendar of smaller events where people can, you know, get started almost a schooling show level, um, taking nothing away from those environments that exist close to people's homes, but something where they can have uh, a little bit of, of formalization around the event from equine and human safety and welfare. I, you know, in, the other thing that we have to take a look at, too, is travel. You you talked about travel in this country, but there may be countries not allowing us to come in. There may be countries just are shut down totally. As we ramp up, other countries <laughs> may be still dealing, you know? Absolutely. And and our own country will still be dealing. You know, we, we have uh, many states where governors have put different restrictions into place. And so we... 
We don't know that all of those will be lifted or amended or, or lightened any by the time we might as an organization feel that it is a prudent time to, to go back to a competition environment. So we're just, there's a lot of moving parts in this puzzle. All right, let's talk a little bit about money, not yours, not the not the not the U, U.S. equestrian <laughs> money, but ours, our money right. in our pocket for competitors and just average horse owners. I, I you, I mean, the the amount of things I'm seeing from our listeners, we have thousands of listeners around the world, and you know, half of them are without jobs right now. Uh, mm -hmm. They're wondering how they're going to buy hay, you know, and absolutely. And these were competitors in the in the lower to medium levels. That's what I want to talk about now. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of taking the higher level competitors out of it at this point. Right. Uh, and we're going to talk about the lower to medium because that's the majority of the competitors in the horse world mm -hmm. in all disciplines. Right. So they're all hurting. You know, what's going to happen, you know, when they come back in, they don't have the money to compete. Do you think that we're going to see a lot lower numbers, you know, this year than we have in the past just because people don't have money? They may not have jobs. I mean, we don't know that either. Are we going to see, a, a, and of course, a lot of horse shows may be going out too. I'm throwing a lot of things into one question. So. <laughs> well, I think it's it's only logical, Glenn, that, that there will be a certain uh, portion of people that may have been competing before that that may need more time to get back up to speed. As, as you said, some people have lost their jobs. Some have had reduced hours. Some uh, <clears throat> still have a job, but discretionary income needs to go somewhere else. So I think we have to be ready to have as many products and opportunities as possible for the different groups of people based on their resources and, uh, and understand that it's going to take time for people to come back. I think an important, also another important facet of this is not only are our members being challenged, but our organizations are being challenged too. We have several affiliates that are, you know, we have them from all different sizes of just a few hundred members to tens of thousands of members. Um, and so, you know, equestrian organizations, governance organizations are all facing similar challenges. When we go dark for say 30 days on competitions, in the, the first 30 days here, we're talking 185 competitions that, mm. that are off of the calendar. That's that a tremendous wow. difference in a revenue stream, right? So as an organization, we're facing some of the same challenges that our members are facing and that the businesses they work for are facing about how do we keep going? How do we, how do we stay lean? How do we keep providing services to our, um, to our members um, and value to them? as we go through this, this process together. And, and it, part of it is being together as a community, you know, from the, from pulling together to make things happen, to make opportunities happen once we get going again, to also being together as a community right now at this critical time in, in the uh, coronavirus outbreak <clears throat> to make sure that we, we are staying home and doing the right thing and paying attention to the CDC and other health organizations, because the sooner we can come together and be responsible, I think the sooner we can get past some of the critical crisis points in this outbreak and return to some semblance of normalcy on the other side of it. I totally agree. The sooner we, we do that, the sooner we're out of it. If we don't do it, it's going to be a long time. So Absolutely. I assumed you called the Senate and you're part of the true two trillion dollar package. You're sending a, a couple uh, trillion, your a couple million your way over at the USCF. Uh, I wish. Um, we. I, I will tell you that on our, we have a, a Corona disease uh, outbreak um, resource page on our website, and the small business associations of many states are actually offering 
uh, low interest loans <clears throat> to people. So we've been putting resources up there to try to and pushing information out to try to help people out. And and from what we understand is that initially we were told that maybe nonprofits like U.S. Equestrian would not be eligible, but those those restrictions seem to be easing. But actually, for trainers and barn operators, there may be opportunity for them there. And and we encourage you to look at the website and see what the resources are and avail yourselves of, of those. You don't think I haven't looked if radio networks are included in that too, don't you? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, we're all in this, right? Yeah, so that, and I and I yeah. think banks and and other financial institutions they're they're going to do their best to help everybody out. I mean, the the goal here is everybody to pull together and get through this, um, and and not let it um, become so catastrophic that that there are other consequences, you know, that that meet or exceed the consequences of the outbreak. Kathy just asked the question you just answered. So there you go, Kathy. He answered it exactly. There you go. Um, so I guess the next thing that I got so many messages on today after the announcement went out is the whole mileage rule. Um, so when shows come back, there's going to be a lot of shows that can't come back right away, unfortunately. And then, you know, there's going to be people who can't afford to go long distances. They can't afford to travel across the country. There's going to be all of those things that people are dealing with. And we all know horse people. They're obsessed and they're going to try and do it anyway. Um, so. Will, are you taking a look at easing the mileage rule even for a period of time? So we, we always, we have a mechanism called a mileage exemption process that permits the um, new shows to come into the environment of existing shows within their mileage boundary. <clears throat> the, the presidential modification affords us greater flexibility with all the rules, but we have to be responsible and judicious. You know, the, the, purpose of the mileage rule is to really to create a calendar that best serves the uh, training and development of horse and human athlete. So if you go based on that premise, uh, a lot of people think, well, just throw out the mileage rule. You know, everybody gets to have a horse show next door to each other. Horse shows cost money to put on. <clears throat> and so when we look at, at mileage exemptions and when we look at, at easing uh, mileages in, in particular areas, we have to look at a lot of factors. And one of those factors is the density of horses and riders in those particular geographic areas. So to your point there, the mileage rule has different varying uh, degrees of mileage separation. There's opportunity for, you know, different levels of horse shows to come in closer to where people live. In fact, I think uh, in some zones uh, as low as 40 miles, 40 to 50 miles, uh, depending on your breed and discipline, we have several breeds and disciplines that just have a straight 100 mile mileage rule. But when we see need and we see a need to stimulate our growth and stimulate participation, and we can do it in a way that provides viable competitions because we need them to provide at least a, a, a minimum level of standard for horse and human safety and welfare, then, then we will make the, the adjustments as necessary through our processes to do that. Right now, we have had, <clears throat> looking at, at the time period past April 14th, we've had just a couple handfuls of actual cancellations in the U.S. in our environment, U.S. equestrian environment, going past that date. What we're seeing is a lot of, of uh, competitions asking, can we postpone and move to a new date? So our 
team in the competitions department is working with organizers every day to find places in the calendar where they will fit in or to provide them the opportunity to apply for an exemption to the to the mileage rule through the processes. There are going to be a lot of shows in the fall is what I'm hearing. Oh. <laughs> there could be. We'll, we'll see. You know, I, I think I think if people think there's going to be 20 horse shows in a 10 mile radius, that's not going to happen. We, you know, we have to, as I said, you, you got to have a horse show, have a certain number of people come to it in order to have the standards people want. And the first and foremost, most important standards are horse and human safety and welfare. Well, and honestly, I mean, shows are going to, that's going to be a problem is getting enough people to any yeah. of the shows at the beginning. Here. Exactly. Yep. It's exactly. That's going to be a problem they're battling too. I, you know, nobody has a good situation in any of this. Nobody, the exactly. rider, the, you guys, the shows, nobody. It's right. we're all in, we're all in this together, truly. Well, I, you know, another thing we're going to see, unfortunately, and this is not your department, but it's going to happen. And I would not want to be a rescue right now because as the economy turns south, we're going to see a whole lot of horses ending up at rescues or needing rescued this summer. Absolutely. And that's a whole nother something that we're all going to have to deal with in the horse world. That's a, com that's a mm -hmm. community problem. And yeah. Yeah. And we're going to be tackling that too, for sure. Um, so when, what, two other questions. What, one is, when will you make the decision on the extension? Will you wait right up to the April date? No, we, we have communicated with members and with organizers that every 10 to 14 days, we would provide updates. So we're looking that early next week, we will have made a decision on, on the extension if we're going to do one. If we are going to do them, I think it's probably because there's so many moving parts and we don't know how fast we're going to get up and running, then in all likelihood uh, <clears throat> that when we look at it, it'll probably be done in two-week increments in order. And that way, you know, we're doing it next week. Next Monday would be two weeks from when our first letter went, uh, imposing the suspension uh, or recommended suspension of competitions. And so if we do it then, then, then adding two more weeks would put us still 30 more days away. And it, it also will depend on how many states are actually open. I mean, that's the other thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's a lot more going every day. So yeah. uh, we have that. All right. I'm going to open. I'm going to get Kelly back into this. And this is, okay. just, this is just a general question. Though I know I told you guys 15 minutes. It's already been a half an hour. And I apologize. <laughs> but there's so much to cover. Um, so, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about this virus kind of resetting the world. I mean, this is the first time since World War II that, even in World War II, that every country has been affected. All humans have been affected by this. Uh, obviously, we're looking at a reset of the horse world and the competition world. It's 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 going to be saddening and interesting to watch it as it all plays out because we're all seeing it for the first time. There's no book, as you said. It's not in the manual. There's no manual. And I, you know, I don't. It's just something we all have to go through together, and we all have to make sure that we're helping each other at this point. Mm -hmm. From a I think this is from a two real community effort. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. Thank you, guys. Uh, any last words there, Bill or Kelly? You know, I, I, I'm kind of an eternal optimist, <clears throat> um, but I think I think this is a time, like all times of adversity, there are incredible lessons that we can learn that that in the future will help us you know, understand how to be more prepared for situations like this. And I think that'll become part of, of what everybody thinks about now going forward. As you said, the world's going to change. It changes after, after, you know, major 
events, uh, catastrophic events. It's our behaviors change a little bit. And I think we'll see that in the environment. But I'm hoping what we see out of this is right now we're seeing people help each other out a lot, even in grocery stores and in Lowe's and Home Depot, wherever. We're seeing a, a right now a universal level of kindness and patience, but also we're seeing a lot of perseverance. And I'm hoping that as a community, we remember that a year from now when we're past this, hopefully, and going forward that as a community, we're a lot better working together than we are working individually. And, and we can solve a lot more problems together. Well said. Kelly, anything to add? Well, I just wanted to reiterate, you know, I feel like that we have an inherent responsibility to support our members. So I just want to reiterate to be sure and call that number. We have the member assistance number out there uh, for that purpose. So please call it. There are four consultations that you receive at no cost. Um, So we have that information posted on our website. I can give you the number now. It's 1-800-633-3353. And we just encourage you to utilize that. We also have resources, as Bill mentioned, posted on our website. Um, So the banners there for member benefits, but also there for the COVID-19 response effort. So if you need those resources, click there and we'll have it all listed for you. Very good. Thank you both for joining us. If y'all are looking for something a little lighter and want to take your mind off of it, I have two things for you. Every morning, Horses in the Morning is here, and Jamie and I and all the other hosts on the Horses in the Morning show, we are not talking about Corona. That We keep that Corona free just to give you guys a break. It's silly. It's fun. We have a good time. We are the fifth longest-running daily podcast in the world. Um, we've had, we have almost 2,500 episodes, 10 years worth. So if you go back, if you're completely bored, go back and listen (laughs) to them all. It will take you almost a year to listen to all of those episodes. So there you go. That's something to do in your free time. Also tomorrow night, we're hosting a concert, the horse radio network, first concert of maybe a series that we're going to do with Templeton Thompson. And you know, her girls and horses. When I get that pony road, everybody's heard of Templeton. They're going to be here. We're going to have some fun. We're going to forget about viruses. We did Byron Free Zone tomorrow night, uh, and it's going to be at 8 o'clock on the Horses in the Morning page. Uh, Stacy Westfall is going to carry it on her page. Monty Roberts is going to carry it, so it's going to be all over the place. Just hang out, listen to some music about horses, have a good time, get out the wine. I know you all stocked up, your horse people, so there's plenty of wine around. Um, don't worry, HR person, they're, they're at home, okay? <laughs> it's not a problem. So definitely, uh, definitely tune in for that tomorrow night on the Horses in the Morning page. And of course, we have 15 shows on the Horse Radio Network, including eventing and dressage, and, and it just goes on and on. We cover almost every discipline from English to Western, and you're all bored right now, so get out your podcast players and and search for the uh, Horse Radio Network shows at horseradionetwork.com. All right. Well, maybe we'll do this again in a couple of weeks if things change. Uh, and we can we can hang out again. And hopefully we talk about better news. So, Great. Thanks right. for having us, Glenn. All right. Thank very you, good. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you guys all tomorrow night, 5 o'clock. <laughs>